All right, our phone line's open for you, 855-NBA-JUMP, 855-622-5867 is our phone number. Uh, Rick and I want to find out from you, if you had your druthers, your choice, the Lakers or the field to win the NBA championship, just based on what you know right now, we'd love to just get your initial thought. We won't hold you to it because you could always change in December as we get closer to the season, but Lakers or the field, as we go to the phone lines and talk to you here on Give and Go, we say hello to Ken in Memphis, Tennessee with us here on NBA Radio. Hey, Ken. <laughs> What's up? Welcome into the Under the Hood podcast on a Saturday morning. I'm Jonathan Hood. As always, I appreciate you following me on social media, on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood, on Instagram, igjhood, on Snapchat, snapjhood, on Facebook, just good old Jonathan Hood. Just look up good old Jonathan Hood. You'll be able to find me on Facebook as well. Start the intro talking. Hearing from Rick Mahorn. I did a Sirius XM NBA show this week with Rick Mahorn, the bad boy from the Pistons. And he's funny, man. He still lives in the Detroit area. He's a radio broadcaster for the Pistons, but he does Sirius XM NBA radio like I do part time. And that call from Tennessee, man. First of all, he sounds like he's from Memphis for real. And secondly, that dude is. Smoking while he's listening to our show. You can tell. And he wasn't passing. He was puff, puff, puffing, puff, puff, puffing, puff, puff, puffing. And he wasn't trying to pass. <laughs> so uh, it was great to reconnect with Rick Mahorn doing that show this week. Don't forget, you can always uh, download this podcast and share, by the way. I never ask this very often, but man, if you are listening on iTunes or even SoundCloud and you can give me five stars, I appreciate that as always. Five stars in a review of our podcast, whether it's on the ESPN Chicago app, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play. I just appreciate your support as always. Um, 
And by the way, if you're a wrestling fan or if you know of one, tell them to tune in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I drop a podcast regarding pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. It's something uh, that I've been into since the late 70s, watching wrestling with my grandfather. So that's also on the ESPN Chicago app and wherever you get your podcast. If you know someone that likes wrestling, WWE wrestling or AEW wrestling, tell them to check out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday every Tuesday on the ESPN Chicago app or over down there, download your podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hope that you're catching the show that I'm doing with uh, David Kaplan, 7 to 10 every morning on ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago app. We had quite the week, especially when it comes to the Bears. Nothing moves the meter like the Chicago Bears when the Bears are struggling. That is for sure. Uh, even when the Bears are winning, people are into it. And I can completely understand why, right? So the Bears fell short against the Saints. People are looking for the reasons why that was the case. Offense, defense, special teams, whatever. And so now coming up on Sunday on the 8th of November... The Bears will take on the Titans on the road, and that's not going to be easy against a really good Titans team. But a lot of the conversation that we had this week regarding the Bears was talking about how this Bears team can't get out of its own way offensively. If you have Allen Robinson on your team, you got a young Darnell Mooney on the team, you've got Anthony Miller on the team, you're saying you know a veteran tight end like Jimmy Graham, a youngster like Cole Komet, you say, you know, the weapons are there. But the weapons are just roaming free like wild horses if no one's going to give them the ball. Or in this case, wild bears, right? Then no one's going to give them the ball. They can't be able to be productive if Foles does not have time to throw or Foles is not in a position to get the ball to his weapons. But everything is predicated on the offensive line. Sometimes I think when we're doing the shows, and we talk so much about the offensive line. Are we going into the weeds when it comes to the issues with this Bears team? Are we going too deep with our analysis? And I would say no to that because how else will a quarterback, whether it's Trubisky or Foles, have the opportunity to do anything if they don't have the time to throw? It's one thing that to not have time, but also it's another thing to be inaccurate. And also it's another thing to mismanage the playbook like Matt Nagy's had. It's interesting, the conversations that we've had this week on Captain J. Hood from callers and listeners trying to figure out where to place blame. I'm not here to place blame on one direction. I'm placing blame on everything because when you lose, it is a team issue or a one side of the football issue, right? If you can't block and then your play calling sucks and then your quarterback can't be able to circumvent the issues that you have, Matt Nagy or John Filippo in play calling, if you can't get that better, then what, what are you doing here? Why do you show up on Sundays? It all has to work in concert. Um, my partner, David Kaplan, in so many words, kind of gave up on the Bears this week, said that five and three isn't good enough, and he just kind of abandoned ship on the Bears. Like He still wants them to win, but at the same time, he's where a lot of Bears fans are. A lot of Bears fans that we talked to did not believe in the Bears when they were five and one because based on the schedule. My contention always was in this league, it's hard to win games. And I don't cast any aspersions against Detroit or Atlanta 
or the Giants, those teams that the Bears beat early because they could have easily lost those games too. But the Bears found a way to win those games. And so I don't take that any, anything away from them. But I am a realist and understand that the Bears had some issues offensively still while they were winning. Now, some turned a blind eye to that and was like, no, nah, they just keep on rolling. And I don't, I don't believe that. I saw the team as, hey, in order to solidify yourself as a real contender, you got to beat the hell out of somebody because of the offense. Bears have not done that yet. I mean, I just compare it to all the other good teams in the league, better teams than the Bears. Always look at it like this. Can you win a game, Bears, based on how good your offense is? And we haven't seen that all year. Have not seen that. We've seen some mistakes by the other team that the Bears are capitalizing on, and nothing wrong with that. But I haven't seen the Bears be able to win a game solely based on their sterling offense because they don't have one. You know, and I also believe with Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy is running plays and calling plays for a team with better players. It's just a whole messed up mix of bad play calling, not having the quarterback that you really need, that you really want, by the way, in Foles or Trubisky. You want to have something better than those two, if you could, but the Bears do not. And then just the disconnect between the quarterback and the head coach. And as I have been, I said on the show a couple of times this week, there is a problem between Nick Foles and John Filippo. I got that news from someone very close to the Bears organization. I don't say stuff willy-nilly. You know, there are some that do this for a living. Just say, I talked to this person, I talked to this person, and influence their opinion. I don't do that. If I hear something, I say something. And so that's, I mean... If the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's not on the same page, that sucks. That's bad. And then on top of that, Mitch Trubisky gets hurt. People are calling the show saying, you know, what you need to do is just kind of make Mitch Trubisky a weapon offensively. That's like, what? And then the one time they do make him a weapon offensively on the short side of the field, one carry for three yards, he gets hurt. His shoulder's hurt. And, um, based on what I saw yesterday on Friday, it's not going to require surgery. But the point is, it was just dumb. That means you have no imagination when you do that. No imagination offensively by getting that guy hurt. Whatever you think of Mitch Trubisky, that's not the reason why the Bears uh, could get better offensively. Unless he's the quarterback of the team. It was just a dumb idea. Dumb. And then the Bears try to hide it, saying, oh, he's dinged up a little bit. Nah, that man almost came close to having surgery because of Nagy putting Trubisky in harm's way. It's exactly what he did. So no no imagination, no clue. Wait, you've seen Taysom Hill for the Saints? That dude is a quarterback. That guy's a fullback. That guy's a special teams ace. He pops the popcorn. He drives the cars up to the, uh, you know, up to the stadium. Uh, he sells tickets. He does everything for the Saints. Trubisky can't be that guy. Oh, but he's athletic because of his legs. His leg. I'm like, get the get out of here with that shit. Really? Because of his legs? Nonsense. Just like when you're grasping at straws and having a quarterback that's never done that before on the pro level, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> so just just silly shit. It really is. It's silly. Trubisky should have never been put in that situation. I completely blame Matt Nagy and the offensive staff for putting one of the more valuable assets on the football team in peril. He's not. He's, he might have athleticism, 
Well, who doesn't have athleticism on this football team? Doesn't mean that guy should be the fullback. That's what Ryan Nall's for. Silliness. That shows you the desperation up there, though. When you got to go to Mitch Trubisky to try to come up with plays, that's really something. So I added up the amount of hours I worked all the way up to today because today I'll be working with uh, Chris Bleck. We'll be doing Chicago's College Tailgate. Uh, can't wait for that show because we'll get a chance to break down Clemson versus Notre Dame. Of course, I'm a big Georgia fan, so uh, go dogs against Alex Brown's uh, Florida Gators. That's going to be fun because I'm going to be texting the hell out of Alex Brown when Georgia beats Florida. It's always a big rivalry in college football uh, in the SEC, so I look forward to that. And uh, to see if Notre Dame can step up in class against the number one team in the country in South Bend against Clemson. So we'll see, especially without Trevor Lawrence. I look forward to those matchups. So I'll be working with Chris 3 to 5.30 Central Time uh, on ESPN 1000 leading into that Clemson-Notre Dame game. So as a college football fan, it's real. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and to be able to go through these uh, weeks doing the show, especially with the Pac-12 back, because Chris is a big USC fan, uh, it's just so much to talk about. So it also kind of illustrates the best players to get ready for the draft. So we, we do a really fun job. Uh, and have a good time bringing you that show every Saturday, Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. So I added up how many hours I worked on the air, um, and it was 19 hours. It was three hours on Monday, three on Tuesday, six on Wednesday, because I did two shows. I did the show with David Kaplan, as I mentioned, and then I worked with Rick Mahorn, from 12 to 3 on Sirius XM NBA Radio. I may give you a little sample of that. I gave you uh, something at the beginning, but maybe next week I'll give you a sample of what that show sounded like. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We got so many things to talk about. But we, he and I had a fun show and a great conversation. Um, so my point is, is that for 19 hours uh, on the air, not once did I talk about politics. And the reason why that I we are not talking about uh, President Trump and uh, Vice President Biden and the election is because that's not what you come to us for, right? Not one conversation. And, and Cap and I talked about this way before the election took place. So, you know, we're here to provide you a sports landscape and escape from whatever is your issue. So if whatever issues you're going through, that's why we do the show, to be able to give you some entertainment, make you think, make you laugh, make you angry at us, whatever. But we never talked politics not one time. I, I on my Sirius XM platform, didn't talk about it. You know, and and Sirius XM gives you a lot of freedom. Good karma. Brands with uh, ESPN 1000 gives you freedom. But we didn't talk about it as a morning show, even though that's probably the biggest pop culture thing that's going on right now. Um, but that's, we didn't want to do that. And I hope that you guys are cool with that because I always say that we are in the toy department. You know, we are here to talk sports and that's what we are here for. So I'm proud of the fact that we didn't crack at one time in the morning show talking about the election because we know that you come to us to talk about sports uh, and to listen to us talk about sports and for you to call and interact with us to talk about sports. So I, I'm hoping that you guys are cool with that, even though we like to veer off and talk about other things. We talk about Jeff Meller, one of our producers. His, his dog has uh, now two torn ACLs and stuff that's going on with me. My uh, 20th wedding anniversary was uh, Wednesday. 
talked a little bit about that and where we got married and Caps and his Caps Chronicles, all his nonsense going on in his life. Uh, Danny Zetterman, our executive producer, a lot of stuff that's going on with him as he's a furniture man. He's he's like Lamont Sanford. That dude is carrying furniture all by himself um, in and out of his crib uh, last two or three weeks. So, you know, we've always got stuff that's going on in our lives and and other issues. But I hope that you guys are enjoying the show. And if you're not, hope that you keep listening. <laughs> so we appreciate it as always for your support. Um, so that that's the other thing, too. No conversation about the elections, and you, and more than likely, we will not be talking politics at all. So we're hoping that you're enjoying the show. Uh, the White Sox. Let me talk about this for a second. So the White Sox. I'm just checking that email. I just got. Oh, I'll tell you what that email is about in just a moment. As a matter of fact. So the White Sox. Did you see? On Thursday and Friday, you know, the postseason awards came out for the White Sox, and Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, a few others were able to get some awards on both sides of the town, the Cubs and Sox. But for the White Sox, Tony La Russa, the new manager of the Sox, he's 76 years old, is going to be managing the White Sox. And I'm not ageist. I know that Tony knows the game. But here's the thing. Especially with young players, they want to be noticed. They want want to feel like um, that you care about them. Tony Larusa, as I record this on Saturday morning on the seventh of November, dude has not reached out to any White Sox player. You know, you can't pick up the phone and call a you know the uh, you know a player like Tim Anderson or Aloy Jimenez or Lewis Roberts or any of these players. He has not reached out to them. He gets the job and has not talked to them. Hey. If I'm Tony Larusa, I'm picking up the phone and I'm saying, "Hey, it's um, Jonathan Hood. Um, listen, I was a White Sox manager a long, long time ago before you were born, but I am really pleased to be working with you. I know that you might have been close to Rick Renneria, but I'm hoping I could be able to be uh, someone that you could really, in, you know, can work with, uh, and hopefully we can win a World Series together. Whatever it is, right? Tim Anderson put." Tony on blast was like, yeah, I haven't heard from him. And Aloy Jimenez said as much. Aloy was like, yeah, I haven't heard from him. Dude has not reached out to any White Sox players. That's just bad form. You're taking over a job and you know that there's 25 plus players and others that are in the organization. Tony LaRusa cannot be old school and say, I'll see you in Chandler, Arizona. See you then. I'll have to call. I'm the manager. I'm the boss. That's some old school nonsense. Pick up the phone and call Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is made it some kind of uh, wisecrack saying, I hope that Tony is cool with me being who I am. You know, if it's okay to still have fun, you know, he's not even sure if he can still have fun yet because it's not like Tony made that very clear in his press conference. You know, he said in his press conference, if it's sincere, then I can accept it. Uh, do you remember all those times, those celebrations of baseball that were all insincere? What? As long as it's sincere. What does that mean, if, as long as it's sincere? Sincere? That doesn't make any sense at all. As long as you're... Um, <laughs> as long as you're sincere? I didn't understand what he said that when he, in the press conference. And yet he has not talked to um, his team just as of yet. Yeah, I just don't... I just don't understand that. 
I would definitely be on the phone with those White Sox players and talking to them and find out what's on their mind. Because you're an old head coming into this position, apparently replacing a very popular manager, Rick Renneria, as we hear from some of the players now, that they love Rick Renneria. They say it's bittersweet that he's no longer with the organization, but looking forward to the future. It's crazy. So I, I don't understand that at all. Um, so we're going to hear from Luke Yaklich. You know the name, Luke Yaklich? Luke Yaklich is from the state of Illinois. He was an assistant coach for the University of Michigan, as well as Texas under Shaka Smart. And he is the new head coach for the UIC Flames basketball team. Do you know, on the sports calendar, as quickly as everything is going, that we're going to have college basketball starting around Thanksgiving? I mean, the whirlwind of like the NBA ending, NFL still going on, college football, we're going to have some meaningful golf, the Breeders' Cup and, and horse racing on the 7th of November, everything else going on. And, and so um, we're going to have college basketball. Now, what that looks like, it's going to be a little bit interesting to see college basketball because a lot of these cities, there won't be fans. And at the UI, the old UIC Pavilion, now Credit Union One Arena, uh, there's not going to be fans there to watch the, the season start. So um, I, the email I just received to interrupt me for a second was my contract that just came in as I will be once again the voice of the UIC Flames basketball team. Now, this will be my ninth year with UIC. Uh, all the games, home games are on ESPN+. Plus. I do those games with Chris Bleck from our staff at ESPN 1000, part of Bleck and Abdallah. So um, that email that came in was the contract. It's interesting, it comes in on a Saturday morning. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So if you have ESPN+, Plus, and I promote on my social media that's UIC versus whomever. It's going to be UIC against Trinity International. It says here on the 28th of November. Yeah, check in. Hope you get a chance to watch the games because um, uh, Yaklich is a new head coach taking over for Steve McLean. I liked Steve a lot when he was coaching UIC, and now he's moved on to Georgia. And now Luke Yaklich takes over as the head coach. And so you're going to hear my conversation with Coach Yaklich uh, in just a moment because he talks about some interesting things about how to go about having college basketball, having a team, putting it all together during COVID-19. Also, he was able to recruit a couple of, um, of kids to come home, uh, coming back to Chicago to play for the UIC Flames. UIC underachieved. They underachieved the last um, two or three years. They were able to raise the bar, but they could not get into the NCAA tournament. And so Steve McLean got him to a certain point, but could not get them to go uh, deep into the Horizon League tournament because the Horizon League is where the Flames play and could not get him in the NCAA tournament. So we'll hear from Coach Yaklich um, about what his uh, team is all going to be about um, for the IC Flames. So I'm looking forward to calling Flames games as um, the team broadcaster with Chris uh, this year. And that's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. That is for sure. I think uh, I think I had everything here. Oh, I should mention this. As I did not mention this last week on the Saturday pod. And that is um, New City. 
So the New City Magazine, if you get the New City Magazine, they have a special issue that was edited by my friend Scoop Jackson. And they were pretty much giving out kudos and awards to those that really are all about Chicago. And um, let me take a look at some of the categories and I'll tell you. Put on the old glasses here. Um, best, see, best organizing effort by a faculty that had enough. Best amplifier of our pain. Best anti-violence and anti-poverty uh, activist. Best Hollywood representative of who we are. Best more than an athlete moment. Best LGBTQ space. Best next Issa Rae. <laughs> Best young activist on the rise. Best literary voice. All that. And so there was a category for best radio breakthrough. And I'll, this was in Robert Feeder's column uh, on robertfeeder.com. And um, it was good that I was nominated and won the award for best radio breakthrough. So that, I think that's really cool. Really cool that I was able to get that. And it was a piece written by Lawrence Holmes. I'll just read it to you. I usually don't talk about myself in, in glowing terms all the time, but I just want to share this with you. And you can pick up New City uh, wherever you find your magazines or online uh, for a New City. The Best of Chicago is what the name of the cover is. There's two different covers for this. New City, the Best of Chicago. Lawrence Holmes, my friend, who was in my wedding, who works for The Score, um, said this, and I was really taken aback by his words. He said, it's taken entirely too long for Jonathan Hood to get an opportunity like this. For the past 25 years, he's been one of the most talented people in Chicago radio. For the bulk of the past decade, Hood has been plying his trade mostly at the national level. Hood, like a couple of his ESPN comrades, Jeff Dickerson and Sarah Spain, always seem to get more love from the national level decision makers uh, at ESPN than the ones in their own hometown. It's never made sense. Who was more than ready for the grind and leading a daily Chicago-themed sports show 10 years ago? Now he's got a chance co-hosting Cap and J-Hood morning show uh, with morning radio veteran David Kaplan to make a real impact on the way that local sports radio sounds. This is a victory for everyone who struggles at the nexus of hard work, talent, and getting a break. Hood works on his craft like an undrafted player, but has the on-air creativity of a top 10 pick. Now he gets to put his many notebook ideas to work. Chicago sports fans will be better for it. And that was from Lawrence Holmes. And I'm very grateful that he wrote that in the New City Magazine. It's really good to be nominated for Best Radio Breakthrough, even though I've been doing this uh, for a long time. <laughs> um, you know... It, I'll, I'll say this, that I've never thought that working nights or working uh, network radio or working on Sirius XM was a negative. Um, that's This has been my part of my career. I've been with ESPN for 15 years, ESPN 1000 for 15 years, and been doing network radio for six years, doing Sirius XM for about five or six years, So, and doing other things like being the voice of the OIC Flames. I do a lot, uh, and... But I never thought, well, if I work mornings, middays or afternoons, then I've made it. I've, I've made it because of you, the listener. Uh, no matter what I do, I know I've made it because of you. Because if uh, I don't have you, I don't have a career. I don't have a successful career in the business. 
Um, that's not me just kissing your ass. That's just true. Nobody makes it by doing it from just talent or jokes or impersonations. You do it because you have support. If I have no support, I'm not successful. So that's why I thank you for that. Um, and for those of you listening to this podcast, it's people. It's you. You're the reason why that I can spend time uh, and do a podcast away from my radio shows, away from everything else that I do, to just spend time with you just for half hour or more every Saturday, just to say thank you. That's why I do this. So, um, you know, I appreciate Lawrence's words. Um, but the, the, you know, me working national radio is not less than that was the, that was the goal. Uh, and I'm doing that goal now working in Chicago was a goal. Uh, but you always strive for more. So me being on the national stage is a positive and a career goal for me. And so, um, you know, I appreciate what he had to say and, um, I just appreciate his support and your support as well. So I usually don't read my own press clips, especially out loud, <laughs> but I just thought that that was just a cool award. Um, and by the way, for those that um, lost their jobs at ESPN, my friends in Bristol, Connecticut on the, at the network, so sorry to hear uh, some of the names I heard that uh, are no longer with the company because um, there was some layoffs that took place on a rough day this week. Um, that's the downside of this week for me because I had friends that really helped me out. Uh, producers that became friends that helped me out that were let go um, from a layoffs in Bristol. So all the best to uh, those that uh, were let go. It's never easy to, uh, when you're let go, laid off, or uh, completely fired um, from your company because of budget cuts or whatever the reason. So uh, all the best to those that uh, were let go. All right, uh, let me get to Luke Yaklich. I think you'll enjoy my conversation with Coach Yak as we get ready for the, uh, college basketball season. The UIC Flames basketball team has a new head coach, and they've got a lot of new players, so we're going to address all that. Uh, check out the description of this podcast where you can find the Cap and J Hood podcast. Also, uh, as I talk to Coach Yaklich, so it doesn't seem foreign to you, I'm going to put the link of the um of his roster there. So you can kind of follow along on what we're talking about regarding the UIC flames and their roster and some interesting names, especially Chicago area kids have come home to play for this UIC flames team. So I'm without, you know, I'm looking for after since Northwestern went to the NCAA tournament. I'm waiting for an, a UIC, a Loyola, a DePaul, uh, you know, Loyola getting to the final four is pretty cool, but I'm looking forward to, some team for college basketball, whether it's Illinois downstate, Illinois State, Bradley, whatever. I'm looking for a team that can always get in the mix of the NCAA tournament every year. Because that makes my March. It makes my March in April to see a team that we can follow. And hopefully, as an employee for the UIC Flames, hopefully the Flames will be that team that can break through and always get high into their own Horizon League tournament and always be in the mix for uh, the NCAA tournament. All right, let us um, hear from Coach Luke Yaklich and uh, hope that you get a chance to hear the Captain J. Hood Morning Show, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Coach Yaklich, my conversation with him uh, a couple of days ago as we get ready for college basketball in Chicago.
Welcome in. Jonathan Hood with you here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I am excited about uh, being uh, at courtside for the ninth season of UIC Flames basketball. And Luke Yaklich is the new head coach for the UIC Flames men's basketball team. Looking forward to the season as it's right around the corner. And Coach Yaklich joins me here on ESPN 1000. Coach Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for coming on. Jonathan, it's always great to be uh, to be on with you, and uh, really excited to talk some basketball, and uh, excited about the upcoming season. And it's been a it's been a process, like it has been for uh, for every program and every coach, but and every team. And I'm just uh, really excited for our players, uh, most importantly, to kind of have the uh, their vision in front of them. You know, I talked to you when you first uh, was able to take over the job, take over the reins at UIC, and I could feel the excitement you have being back, you know, in the Chicagoland area and being able to coach the UIC Flames. Now that we're here with the season around, right around the corner, what's going through your mind knowing that we're here? Well, uh, a lot. <laughs> as, a, uh, as, a, as a first-year um, head coach, but, you know, I, trying to make sure that you're um, – as prepared as possible, but uh, it's always the the thing I think I've, I've taken away from the from the, 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 the great head coaches that I've been able to to work um, under and learn from is that it, it's it's better to be you know try to be really really good at three or four things than try to tackle fifteen things and be just average at everything. Um, so we're re- really just working on uh, again establishing our culture, what our practice culture. Uh, you know, really feels like and looks like on a day-to-day basis with our players. And they've been amazing um, so far, really hunger, hungry and eager guys uh, ready to learn. And, and they obviously are very motivated about, um, you know, about what lies in front of them. Yeah, you, you've got your guys uh, trying to get 1% better every day chopping wood. Do we, it, do, do we expect the Flames to come out in lumberjack outfits for the, the opening <laughs> night? What, what do you got going on over there? Well, if uh, it, yeah, we may be uh, we may be swinging some actions every now and then, uh, but uh, it's uh, it, we've got it. We've got a couple things up on the wall, uh, Jonathan. That, uh, that for our reward for our guys that are, are chopping wood in all of our areas of um, of our program in the classroom, uh, in the weight room, uh, on the court, in the community. Um, just got a lot of lot of lot of guys that are, are, are doing really good stuff, and just uh, excited for them. But we. They've uh, they've embraced uh, that part of the culture, and you know it's when when they're talking your language, that's when you know you know some things are taking hold, and that's the, the great thing about our uh, both our seniors and then all of the guys that we brought in, um, and then the guys that were here, the underclassmen that were in the program, have they've embraced things um, in, in a lot of different aspects, which makes it fun each and every day uh, to come into practice. So I, I, for all of us, this is just a very weird time handling the pandemic. What have you and your staff been able to do as far as adjustments throughout all this? Because this is different for every individual, every person listening, especially when you're trying to run a basketball program. Yeah, it's just uh, the, the adage, Jonathan, that like you got to take one day at a time has never been more um, more apparent and more right uh, kind of in your face every day. It's like, well, we're going to take one day at a time, and it's just this cliche. But in this, it is because there's so many things, you know, from the health and safety standpoint, which is always uh, the number one concern, is just making sure that that box is checked every day and then going on from there to make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're not going too far um, ahead with anything 
um, because it, Coach Beeline used to say, when, when we take the pieces out of the box and trying to put the puzzle, we don't need to, we, we don't want to put them back in the box. Um, so it, it's just kind of this this day by day kind of routine with with our guys to make sure that it's we're, we're being very intentional about what's going in, what we're trying to teach them, um, and then making sure that their understanding of that throughout the whole process and, and it's not overwhelming because it's it's such a different environment, Jonathan, for them. Um, you know, the just the normal college life is is completely changed, um, especially just from the classroom perspective. Uh, taking a lot of their classes on Zoom, and then you know being in front of that computer all day and having different um, a different set of organizational tools that you have to kind of pull out of the uh, the toolbox, so to speak, as a as a student uh, is totally different, and it's part. Um, for us as coaches having to adjust to that as well. And then our academic staff um, and our support staff does a great job of, uh, of really kind of moving our guys along through throughout this process and, and, and support them there. So it's, there's just so many different dynamics to the day uh, for the student athlete right now to, to navigate from, you know, a, a, you know, a saliva test and then you're going to a zoom and then an online tutor and then, We've got practice, and there's just lots of moving parts. So we're doing our, our very best job to try to make sure that we provide the most stable environment possible for our players to really um, excel in and grow in. Coach, uh, when you're an assistant coach and you are just trying to help cultivate uh, a program, trying to move it forward, you were doing that in your last stop at Texas. But in the back of your mind, you got to think, you know, at some point when I get an opportunity to be a head coach, there's certain things I would do. So I will ask you this. Is there something that you learned about yourself at Texas that gets you ready for this job here? Uh, yeah, I think the just get, just being, I mean, having the opportunity to learn from from, uh, from Coach Smart was, uh, it was just that there's there's so many things that uh, I guess the main thing, Jonathan, to, to, to start to lead into your question is that to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest thing that I, I learned was that there's such a, uh, a stark difference um, just in philosophy of how to run a program on a day-to-day basis, how to play from Coach Smart to Coach Beeline. And both of them are very successful but they both believe in what they're doing um, and they can teach it. And I think that's the number one thing I learned about myself is I, I know, you know, you're going to have the days that you, you learn as a coach, like, oh, I don't really like that. I thought it would. And you kind of tweak and, and, and change as needed. Uh, but that, that's the, the biggest thing. Cause it was a big difference between Michigan and Texas. Um, but the common thing was that both coach Smart and coach Beeline absolutely knew exactly who they were and uh, and what they believed in on, on both sides of the ball, and then you, you taught that every day. And that's for me being very confident in who you are and being able to teach that um, each and every day to our guys is, is my biggest takeaway. Just a sidebar, real quick, regarding Beeline. Did yeah. that work out with Cleveland? It's it's such a different um, culture in the NBA. Where tell me if I got this right. Let's talk about this. I, I think that when you were in college, and I've seen this for years. There's a system that you have in place that you want the players to execute. And you're yeah. saying, okay, well, this is this is the best course of action for us to be able to achieve our goal to be able to win or increase our chances to win. I've seen NBA practices where I've seen coaches, usually assistant coaches, saying, okay, well, this is what I this is where I want to go. Tell me the best way that we can achieve our goal. 
where they put it in the hands of the players yeah. to say where you want to. I, I don't know if Coach had the opportunity to do that as often or if he had a hard time adjusting to that, but uh, I'm wondering, do you feel that Coach will be back into the college game? Because, I mean, that guy is a, a great college coach. Yeah. Just, I just think that dichotomy of saying, hey, listen, tell me what you want to do. Uh, this is what I want to achieve you just tell me how to get there. I don't know if he was able to do that as much as he wanted to in Cleveland. Yeah, there's probably certain elements of all that that, that are true, uh, Jonathan. And I, I think for Coach, uh, you know, he, he's, he's coaching at, or he's teaching a class at Michigan now um, in leadership, and I, I think he's probably going to be doing some work um, you know, on, on TV um, within the Big Ten. And so I, I don't know, um, you know, down the road. I know the one thing that he he loves. He loves teaching and he loves coaching, um, but I, I know one thing also that he's really, you know, he's he's proud of what um, you know what he's accomplished um, in his career, obviously, and the legacy that he's left, um, you know, to his assistant coaches, players, and then the programs that he's been in charge of. So um, I can't can't say for sure, but I, I know that uh, he, he'll never stop teaching, and that's why it didn't take him long to get in that uh, that leadership class uh, teaching at, at, at Michigan. All right, let's dig into your roster. I'm excited about the roster. I have a yes. tentative roster. You can give me the real one later, but I have a, ten a tentative roster in front yep. of me here on what you want to do. So I'm excited. So let's talk about uh, some of the players that you'll be coaching for the first time, especially yeah. Coach McCain's uh, Coach McLean's players. So yep. so there's there's Big Rob Howard who was out last year, and he's he provides size uh, at six seven six eight. There's uh, Michael Diggins, who I'm a big fan of at six eight four. He's going to be a senior this year. Tell us, let's start with, with Diggins. What do you see in his game and practices so far? I, I think uh, you know, Mike is so coachable, Jonathan, um, and, and all of our guys are just, they're hungry every day. It's its really fun um, to enter the gym because they, they're, they're sponges. And, the, and Diggs is one of those where you know, he really wants to grow. And the thing I think with all of our, our returners is the, the versatility. And that's um, what try to really want to impress upon our, our guys this summer in July and August. And then obviously when practice started here with fall workouts, et cetera, just being kind of increasing their skill set. So, you know, a kid like Michael and Rob in particular, first two that, that we've discussed here, they're both athletic, um, they're long. Um, and the key thing is I want for us, one, Michael uh, Diggins be able to play in a ball screen a little bit. Um, this year, increasing his, um, you know, his shooting arc um, has been a big thing um, in our fall workouts, and just kind of taking little bits of it, each of their game because they're all athletic and long, um, and they play hard. And now we're just trying to make sure that um, we give them enough enough pieces to kind of just keep expanding their game um, throughout the year. And and Michael is is incredibly athletic, and he's really really um, driven. Uh, to have a strong senior year, as is Rob and uh, Jacob and Jamie, they're just all—they're all in really good place right now. And I, we're just trying again to be as versatile as possible because we are able to play guys across a couple different positions. So increasing that skill set, Jonathan, uh, within each of our players has been a, a big fo focus and point of emphasis. Did you see? Did you see Kevin McHale on your roster? You got a McHale on your roster, Braylon Bridges. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. When I when he first came to the program, I said, "Boy, yep. this guy's up and under, like you know, Jack yep. Sigma or like uh, McHale." I said, "You know, how does he work in today's game?" And I'm thinking, "Well, look, if you're going inside, if you're going outside in, 
from from the high post to the low post, that guy has yep. all these different moves to twist and turn the defense to be able to get that high percentage shot at the rim. I said, you know, that's that's pretty good. That's a skill set you don't see every day. Yeah, Braylon has got um, incredibly good feet and hands. Um, and again, he's a legit six ten, and um, he just really his, his body's in good shape right now, Jonathan. And he's just been really working hard at uh, being consistent um, in all of his habits um, on the court and. Uh, conditioning has been one of those. So he just, like uh, like all of our, our guys, is, they've embraced the, the, the part of the, the skill development piece to them. And Braylon, again, on the block has been, you know, been really, really effective so far in practice. And again, it's a lot because of his ability to carve out space. And then when he gets it, um, he doesn't play in a hurry. Um, and he's very patient in the post. And, and he's got really good feet um, and hands. And both of those two combined, you know, he's got just a really good touch um, as a result of that around around the basket. So he, he's been great. Uh, he really has embraced um, and coaching and trying to take his game um, to another level. Tell us about some of the, I know Flames fans are excited about some of the new yeah. names like Kirk and others. Tell us about some of the new players that we're going to be seeing this upcoming season. Yeah, you know, uh, Tavion and, um, you know, is... And, and Maurice kind of will play a lot of guard uh, minutes for us this year, and they've you know really good leaders. Um, that's that's the biggest thing. You can tell that they have been um, involved and uh, been a part of college basketball before, and they've come in. Uh, and Maurice, in, in particular, we've really asked him to grow his his voice um, in practices and with our team, and he's just a really steady. Um, under control point guard um, that again now is getting comfortable using his voice more and has, has really developed and continues to develop his shooting form um, in practices and Tavion again 6'4 and he's again a kid from Joliet um, that he's really he's driven um, he's probably right now the guy that's in the gym uh, more than anybody um, on our team uh, from the time that we've got here till to the point we're talking right now so he, Again, very driven uh, to be good, and you know, then we kind of move out to you know Jalen Johnson, um, a junior college player, um, a left-handed kid that um, it really provides a lot of toughness um, and, and it just a, a workmanlike mentality on a day-to-day basis, and really steady um, on both ends of the floor. And and then you know with Ray, Ray Quandis, uh he's been. He's been very consistent um, also in the gym. He's a hard worker. Um, we knew that when we started recruiting him, and it was what was most exciting about um, you know, recruiting Ray. We knew how much he loved basketball. So you know, he, and, he and Tavion are in, in there all the time working hard um, on their game. And you know, He's about 6'5", and um, he's a good shooting stroke, and teaching him again, just uh, all of our guys to be more versatile, being being able to play in a ball screen and read, reading the floor, and then obviously defensively, um, we have a chance to, you know, to be a good team with our length and athleticism as long as we stay disciplined. And you know, with that, uh, Zion Griffin coming from Iowa State, lefty, you know, six six, um, really really athletic, Jonathan. Um, you know, he's 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 a high flyer and, and is embraced the leadership role as well um, and really exercised his voice um, within our team, whether we were meeting on Zoom huddles or uh, in actual, you know, socially distant huddles in practice. Uh, Zion's, Zion's voice um, has, has grown um, and he's really a, a willing leader, um, 
you know, on and off the court for us. So those are, you know, our, our new guys. And, and uh, Dion Edgem um, has really worked himself into shape um, is, as, as, a, uh, as one of our forwards. Uh, Brian Taylor spends a lot of time in the gym as well. Uh, he's, he's probably our, our biggest sponge. Uh, he, he just loves learning um, and is, is so accepting of the new stuff that we're, uh, we're implementing and trying to help him grow every day. So those, those two guys have been, been outstanding, um, you know, as, as far as, um, you know, returning uh, the returning underclassmen and then, you know, with Jamie coming back to our, 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 our seniors, Jonathan, Jamie Hill and Jacob Wiley have been working incredibly hard as well. Uh, Jamie is a really good shooter. Um, and he's, again, we're, trying to keep giving him confidence, you know, as, as a, as a coach, you got to give shooters confidence to miss and, uh, you know, every, every, um, every shot for Jamie that isn't, uh, isn't life and death. And that's where we've got, got with him. And, uh, he's, he's shooting the ball right now and, and being pretty comfortable. And Jacob Wiley's really embraced the, the skill development part. Um, you know, he had some habits we needed, to, just to, to correct and, he, um, and to be able to be more efficient with the athleticism he has and, He's embraced that as well, and he's, he's poised, again, to, to have a really good um, senior year. These, these guys are, are driven um, to be successful. And then you know, we've got a freshman in uh, Demetrius Callup uh, from, from Los Angeles that uh, is you know, a 6'3", athletic left-handed guard that I think uh, is going to learn a lot from Tavion and Maurice over the next couple of years and uh, will be a player that you know, Flames, Flames fans can, can look forward to uh, you know, watch him grow in the program and be a, be a really good guard in our league. Um, when you are the most satisfied offensively, what does it look like? Your core philosophy offensively? Yeah, for us, Jonathan, it's we've we've emphasized just again, it's 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 playing with pace. Um, and you know, we're not. It's it's a we we our our philosophy, Jonathan, is the go to man is the open man, and our our players have really embraced that part of it, um, moving the ball. Um, sharing it and you know the one thing that uh, I definitely learned from Coach Beeline is that, that, that do everything you can and teach the fundamentals of footwork so that you're not turning the ball over with your feet um, so that's been a, a huge emphasis us taking care of the basketball Jonathan and, and again we're going to be running a four out one in system and uh, it requires a lot of guys that, that to utilize and increase their skill sets. And when the ball is moving and we're taking, again, the shots uh, within our offense that you know, our guys have, have made it 50% clip or more in practice, you know, those are, are good shots for us, and we live with it um, each and every night. And obviously with guys like Braylon and some versatility of different players moving inside and out, um, it's being able to, to utilize uh, each person's skill set um, accordingly uh, within that four out offense that I think has been a really pleasant surprise right now. We, we got a, a group that um, that is unselfish. So I think the, that that would be the number one thing for me is, is being fundamentally sound with our feet and then and taking care of uh, and taking care of the ball is is when it's going to be most uh, efficient for us. And again, we're we're an unselfish team right now in practice. Uh, we, we, we don't mind giving that thing up. Coach, um, it will be interesting uh, looking at the schedule that came out the other day yeah. for the Horizon League, and that's easy for the scout coach. I mean, you, you just yeah. going to be playing a lot of back-to-back games. There's no mystery. No doubt. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a, uh, how odd is that it, for you? It, it's it's different for sure. Um, 
because it, it's kind of in a in an essence, you know, as as a high school coach, Jonathan, you know, at, at Joliet or at Sterling or South Peru, it, it was you know, you usually sometimes you played a Tuesday night game. You try to stay away from those um, as much as possible because of school. Um, so you you played Friday and Saturday, and uh, you would gear up for your conference game on Friday night, which was the most important. And then you'd put in little things along the way to get your team ready for Saturday um, and whatever that opponent did. And that's kind of like even we're playing the same team, but I, I've been in that kind of mode before of like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, is you're, you're prepping. Um, and one of those days, you know, we'll, we'll, would be an off day, um, likely with our schedule. But then on Friday or Saturday, whenever we play that game, you're ready to to lock into that opponent, and then it's just uh, the fun thing about it, Jonathan, I think for all the coaches and players, is just that being able to, you know, make subtle adjustments from one game to, to the next uh, in a win or a loss, um, and then kind of similar to, you know, way a team would do in, 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 a, in a playoff series or something. So I, I think there's some really unique things that uh, our, our players will embrace and staff will embrace that'll make it fun um, to kind of be able to, to do those adjustments uh, game in and game out, uh, but again, having three to four days to prepare for one team um, is going to be uh, an advantage. And you know, that's uh, you have to make it an advantage um, through your through your preparation. So, staff and players excited about that. And obviously, most importantly, it's it's what we've deemed uh, in our conference and our league office has done an amazing job with, along with the administrators throughout the league of of just putting together the best possible situation for safety. Um, protocols uh, to be met and our, our players uh, throughout the league to be in the safest environment possible throughout the whole season and at the same time be able to, to say you play the conference uh, season and determine a conference champion and lead into uh, what we hope is a, a great March experience um, in our tournament and then in the big tournament. Any any word that you've heard about the Horizon League coming into this? Is it, you got some some quality studs for a number of these teams. It's the, there's no easy out uh, no. in this Horizon League. I've noticed over the years. No, it's it's a it's a from when you look at it, Jonathan, and study it the years going back and what teams do. You know, Wright State, Northern Kentucky have been really good lately. Obviously, it's um, you know they you got to have good guard play and. Um, you know, if you look at um, a lot of the size at the you know inside position, there's there's just versatility. Um, and in, in this league, it's you know from six seven to six nine at the at the post position, you can get a lot done um, in this league because there's again four guards that are um, pretty versatile um, outside. Um, so I think that depth and versatility is is a key thing that. Um, you have to you have to recruit to and you have to develop on a day-to-day basis within your team in order to make sure you're competing and obviously with back-to-back games Jonathan that there's a little bit of you know an element of of you know the wear and tear on that weekend um, being able to have your entire team ready um, and it'll test your depth a little bit on certain days uh, particularly with teams that may have an injury where maybe a, a one of the top six or seven has to sit out a game. Um, and now you're playing back-to-back my, down down a player that certainly is going to, again, bring a whole other thing um, into play in, in terms of the preparation and, and conditioning and then your depth. 
Coach, lastly, and I appreciate your time. I just want to absolutely. I just want to know your uh, message to Flames fans. This is going to be so different. You know, again, Flames fans get, especially for the uh, early games, they get into yeah. it and they come to the stadium, and that's going to be a little different. So, what's your message to Flames fans here? Well, I mean, it deter- determining you know how we uh, how everything plays out with uh, you know fans and how that looks this year and what we're able to do. Um, you know, the, the best thing that we're going to do is, uh, you know, we're going to play hard each and every night. And the message would be if, it, if the gym's not open, to please tune in to whatever, uh, um, you know, the, the radio, your radio call each and every night, Jonathan, uh, to make sure that uh, you're following and supporting us there. And with our social media, media account, we're going to do everything possible, um, you know, to give as much access um, to the fans as possible, so they can connect with our team a little bit. But I think we're gonna we're gonna be a team that's that, that plays hard every night, based upon our practices so far, Jonathan. Uh, we have a competitive group, and um, how well we stay together and embrace uh, the team aspect over the course of the year, like every program, um, is going to provide um, you know the the difference be- between things. But um, man, the message of Flame fans is be excited about this group in whatever. Uh, message there in whatever way that you can, um, given this environment, uh, because we do have a, a group of really good, really good kids that uh, have embraced um, the student athlete aspect of this uh, since we've uh, got here um, and put our staff together at, at the uh, at UIC. USC begins its uh, Horizon League season on December 19th at home against Oakland. Coach, uh, as always, I, I appreciate it. Look forward to working with you. And and um, this is going to be an interesting season, that's for sure. I, I look forward to seeing it. Interesting is a, is a great word, and I, I'm just hoping that everybody can stay uh, throughout the league is healthy um, and safe. And that that's the key thing um, here going forward. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing you courtside. Uh, Jonathan, I appreciate all your support and uh, the opportunity to talk with you today uh, about our program and to all the uh, Flames fans and alumni uh, throughout Chicago and uh, Indiana and the state um, in general. Um, appreciate your support in every way uh, that we can this year. I look forward to, to meeting everybody when that time uh, can happen. Thanks as always, everybody, for supporting the show. Cappy J. Hood mornings, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Good to hear from Coach Luke Yaklich of the UIC Flames. And I'm back next Saturday, another edition of the Under the Hood podcast. Thanks so much for downloading and listening. And um, talk to you next Saturday. If not, then how about Monday through Friday, 7 to 10, with Captain J. Hood on ESPN 1000. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. Percolator.